Welcome to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. Each week we'll hear God's Word explored by Dr. Henry M. Meadows Jr. as he preaches from the pulpit of Marian Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. We pray that this message will be a blessing and further your walk with God. Let's join him now. Have you ever read or seen the Bible where heaven shouted? I believe there's four definite times in the New Testament where we see heaven shouts. The Bible says that Jesus cried out with a loud voice on the cross when he said, to tell us die. I believe also the angel had to be loud when he said he's not here, but he is risen. Then there's going to be a shout from heaven when the rapture occurs. And then at the very end of all things, before we go out into eternity, the Bible says there in Revelation, God the Father will say it is done. So this week I deal with those four things. I pray you'll give us a listen. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Turn to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. And just FYI, we're going to be in four different places today because I believe there's four different times specifically that heaven has shouted and when heaven will shout. We make this statement. And when heaven shouts, things happen. Things change, things happen, and then one that we're going to talk about, it brings everything to an end. And so that's what we're looking at today. So if you would, would you stand at the reading of God's Word? I'm going to read a little bit here in John chapter 19, and we're going to get started, and we're going to dive in. Looking at chapter 19 and verse 28, going to read through verse 30, and that's the first shout. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. In Hebrew, to telestai. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Father, God, we're so thankful that our Savior did not say, I am finished. He did not say anything but it. Specifically, the work that you had given Him was finished. God, move in us today. God, help us to understand that you are risen from the dead, never to die again. We look to you, the only true King, the only Savior, risen from the dead. And it's to you we worship. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated, guys. Four times we read that heaven shouts. Now, right here, it doesn't say that he shouted, but if you go to the Gospel of Mark and you go to the Gospel of Luke, right before it talks about this, it says this, he uttered with a loud cry. He uttered with a loud shout. I just cannot believe that he would have done the work that he did and not let all of creation hear the shout. And so he's there, he's hanging on the cross for your penalty and my penalty, your sin and my sin. And then as he's getting ready, and by the way, he was in control the whole time. Y'all all right? You can go all the way back to John chapter 10, 10, when he says, I lay down my own life. No one takes it from me. I lay it down and I will pick it back up. So even in the midst of this, when he says to telestai, The Bible says he gave up his spirit then. The Roman soldiers didn't take his life. No one did. 
He willingly gave it up. What this shout means, it's a banker's term. And so as a banker, when you're, you're looking at the ledger and you're seeing this is this and this and this and this, and then all of a sudden when somebody comes along and they pay the debt off, they'll write at the very bottom, this is what they would write, to Telestai, paid in full. And that's what Jesus was saying. All of your sin debt, your sin debt, my sin debt, the sin debt literally of the entire world was paid in one momentous occasion, and Jesus said to Telestai. It was the cry and the shout of a victor. It was a, uh, it, what he's saying was redemption has been accomplished. Redemption has been paid so that now you and I could now enter the portal of heaven if we would come by the way of the cross, if we would die to ourselves, if we would die the death that He died in a spiritual sense, we can enter heaven because then we'll be resurrected like He is to life forever. Let me tell you what this did on the cross when He cried this. Number one, here's what He was saying, your sin has been atoned for. Flip in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9 and look at verse 12. Hebrews chapter 9 and look at verse 12. Your sin was atoned for on the cross. In other words, your sin debt was paid. In other words, all that was written against you. I could have went to Colossians um, chapter, uh, I believe it's 3, when he talks about that it was all nailed to the cross. Listen to what he said, the writer of Hebrews. I'm going to start actually at verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of his goats, of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood. Listen to this. Thus securing an eternal redemption. You know this, his blood never fails. Y'all all right, that's a good place for a Baptist to say amen. Okay then. His blood never fails and it will never run out. I had somebody ask me um, just about three or four weeks ago, and here's what they said. Will there ever be a time when the blood won't work anymore? No. Simply put. And they were like, well, what if, what is, I know, Pastor, that you say he, it might be a thousand more years before he comes, or, or two thousand. Was it, will his blood still work at that point? I said, let me just put this really simply so that we all understand. Yes, it will still work. His blood never fails. You know why? Because it's the blood of perfection. It's a blood that is not stained with any sin remnant. It's blood that has not been tainted with that. It's a blood of God Himself. So our sin was atoned for when he said that. Secondly, Satan was beaten. Y'all all right? Y'all not with it this morning now. Y'all were singing great. Man, it was loud, buddy. I mean, I'm loving hearing all that singing. Satan was defeated and made powerless. So let me tell you a lie today. When you utter these words, well, the devil made me do it. Lie. See, sin and Satan are now powerless when you come by the way of the cross. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? I've heard you even say you're still going to sin. Absolutely, you're still going to sin because we're, our flesh is so bad. But here's the truth. Satan has no power over you. 
If you'd run to the cross every time you are tempted, every time you are tried, every time there's something in your path that's a stumbling block, if you would run to the cross, Satan can't stop you from not doing it. He can't make you do anything. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Listen to this in verse 18. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. You were ransomed from that. That was paid. You don't have to live that life anymore. You, matter of fact, if you're truly saved, you won't live that life anymore. Are you all right? Uh, we, I talked about this morning at the sunrise service that there's some things you just flat should know, and here's what you should know. You shouldn't live that way anymore. Because you're a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Oh, you may look the same. You may talk the same. But here's what I want to tell you. There's a new man living inside of you. And that new man will not like the old man. That new man should outweigh the old man. That new man will power over the old man because greater is he that is in you than greater than he who is in the world. So he says, you've been ransomed from it. And not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for the sake of you. Can I take you all the way back? I talked about it last week, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He said, you'll bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head. He killed him on the cross. So not only was this to tell us that I say sin was atoned for and Satan was beaten, but thirdly, the righteous requirement of the law was fulfilled. You know, that was our ultimate problem. When God gave that law, the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, He said, this is all I need you to do is follow these. He could have made it 200. He could have made it 500 laws, but He said, I'm just going to give you 10. I want you to follow these 10. And we couldn't follow ten. You know what? Had God just given one, we wouldn't have followed that. Because our flesh is evil. And that's the truth. So we had to follow this way. And what the Ten Commandments did, there was no salvation part of it. There was no salvific aspect to the Ten Commandments. It was literally given to show us our need of a Savior. But flip in Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans, excuse me, chapter, yeah, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to go ahead and get there real quick. And look at verse 4. Here's what it says. Let me find it. By sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That was verse 3. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I said it last week. I was quoting. Listen, here's what happens. When Jesus was on the cross and God the Father looked down, He didn't see Jesus. He saw Hank. And so that now that he has been resurrected from the dead, when Almighty God looks down and he sees Hank, he doesn't see Hank, but he sees Jesus living through me. See, Hank could not live out the righteous requirement of the law. I need somebody to live it out for me. And that person is Almighty Jesus Christ by way of the Holy Spirit who is God Himself who will live it out through me because I'm powerless to do it. 
I used to say things like this. I would say this, man, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do is live the Christian life. And I was absolutely wrong. It's not the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's impossible to live the life. So you need to have the only one that's ever done it. And his name was Jesus to live through you and for you. So all the righteous requirements of the law was lived out through Jesus. And then God's wrath was satisfied. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 25, we read these, wor- these words. We'll start at verse 25. We're justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation. In other words, a covering by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, He passed over former sins. You know, we always talk about there, God doesn't hate. There is something God hates. Sin. He hates it so much He will not allow it into His presence. He hates it so much He could not allow sinners such as Hank, sinners such as you, to enter heaven. So in His forbearance, because He always knew, y'all all right, He always knew when an animal died to cover Adam and Eve, and then later on when the ram was in the thicket, when Abraham was going to offer Isaac, and then later on, all throughout every time they did a sacrifice and a high priest offered a goat, it was always pointing to the coming perfect lamb named Jesus. And now, so then he died for our sins. And now, every time Hank confesses his sin, and every time you confess your sin, here's what we're literally doing. We're going, see, at Calvary, my sin debt was paid for. At Calvary, Jesus took my place. Don't ever say Jesus Christ doesn't love you. Jesus Christ took every nail and every blow for you who did not deserve it. See, we get caught up in that sometimes. I think some of us think, well, my sins are not as bad as that person's sins. My, I, I don't do that sin, so I'm better than that person. Let me tell you something, Hoss. Sinners, period. See, if you break, the Bible says, if you break the law at one place, you broke the whole law. Wait a minute, y'all didn't hear me. I'm just trying to make sure you understand that just because you don't sin like that person doesn't make you better than that person. You still a dirty, rotten, filthy, nasty, flea-ridden, dirty dog sinner. I don't bless you on Easter Sunday, won't it? What did the preacher tell y'all today? Just how sorry a person I was. You're a sinner. Just like everybody else. Yeah, but preacher, my my, my sins are, man, I I don't do that. No, but you do that. That is just as much a sin as that. And here's the great thing. Jesus paid it all. I'm so glad we sang that song today. Y'all all right? Jesus paid it all. there's no sin that His blood won't wash away. There's no sin that it won't cover. There's no sin that He he can't pay the banker. You all right? He paid it all. Flip in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. Now look at Ephesians chapter 2. I love how this says it. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved. 
You see, it's grace. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. You are saved by grace through faith. Not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. See, if it was any other way, we could go and you could say, well, I didn't do that. I, I, I didn't do that. And I, I, by the way, I came to church more often than that person. I gave more money than that person. Jesus said, it's not of works. No one deserved it. So the first shout of heaven was to Telestai. We needed that one. But in the words of a preacher that I've heard preach before, his name is Hank Meadows, here's the truth. Each one of these shouts gets gooder and gooder. Y'all all right? Second shout that we're going to hear is over there in Luke 24. Go backwards to Luke 24. Just go to this, just a different gospel. Same thing, Luke 24. Now, if that was the end of the story, if that was all that we had, that this man Jesus died and shouted to Telestai on a cross. Can I tell you this? So what? Your sins are paid for, but you're still going to hell. You're still going to die and be dead in your sins. Well, you just be dead, excuse me. What we needed was a resurrection. See, that last enemy out there was still death. When in the garden, when the enemy said, if you eat it, you'll not surely die. That was a lie. When Jesus said, you eat it, you're going to die. Spiritually. But we would also die physically. Well, let's see what happened in Luke 24. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, when they went to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And they were frightened, and they bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, listen to this. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Whoa, hold on here, hoss. I saw him beaten within a half inch of his life. He, he was beaten so bad as he went up the Via Della Rosa, I could see the insides of his body. I saw him laid out on that tree. I saw his arms pulled out of socket trying to get him to the place where they could put the nails in it. Wait a minute. I saw the crown of thorns put on his head and I saw the nails in his feet and I saw the spear in his side. I saw him breathe his last. What do you mean? Read the next part. He is not here. He has risen. That's why we're here today. That's Easter. It's not about some stinking bunny rabbit. <laughs> It's about Jesus. I believe, I'm straight telling you, I'm going to preach it until Jesus tells me to stop. I believe he pimp-walked out of that tomb. I believe when he sat up on that old tomb, on that old thing, I believe he looked down and he says, Satan, take that.
I believe all heaven was up there going, yes! Death was defeated. He has risen. Another one says he has resurrected, and this means he's, it's in the passive voice. In other words, there was resurrection power that was working. Let me tell you what it shouts to. Let me, I got, cause I gotta move quick. It shouts to three things really quickly. This statement of he is not here, he is risen. It shouts to number one, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Listen to me, y'all. One day you're gonna die. It could be suddenly. It could take you years or months or whatever, but one day, if Jesus doesn't come and rapture you home, by the way, hold on to that thought. It's what we call foreshadowing in the ministry. You're going to die. We're going to roll you in here. We're going to put you right there, and, and either me or somebody else is going to preach a funeral message. Here's the question. And by the way, it's not going to matter your age. It's not going to matter how much money you got in the bank. It's not going to matter what your last name is. It's not going to matter your color. It's not going to matter not one thing about anything except what you do with Jesus. Huh? The only thing that's going to matter is this. When Jesus began to draw you to Himself, did you say, yes, I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I bow at your feet. I accept your free gift of salvation. It was free, but it wasn't cheap, by the way. I accept your free gift of salvation. Be the Lord of my life. And by the way, when you do that, you're living out Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. And then He's the Master. And then we'll have people that'll come and they'll, they'll make that statement. They go, well, I got my rights. No, dear one, you died at Calvary. You gave up your rights. You live for Jesus. You live holy and righteous and do everything you can to be like Him. And then when the day comes, y'all all right? See, we've got that, we got this death thing wrong. I'm going to tell you again. We got the death thing wrong. On this side, you're all right, Jeff. On this side, it flat stinks. <laughs> you're all right. But on the other side, oh, Lord, no. Y'all all right? No, 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 no. On the other side. I, I just believe this is how it works. When you expire... Oh, body's dead. But you know what your soul does? And it's celestial. It's heaven. It ain't earthly air no more. It's celestial air. And I believe the moment that you close your eyes here, the very next minute, you're looking face to face with Jesus. Y'all right? I'm telling y'all, my daddy, the day he died, he died in a twinkling of an eye. My daddy, they said, had a massive heart attack. My daddy was looking at a boat. Bless his soul. 
the next minute he was looking at Jesus. Come on, good gravy. It ain't bad, y'all. It ain't bad. Oh, it stinks on this side. <laughs> but see, he accepted Jesus somewhere about 1972 and was radically changed. So when he drew his last breath, he understood that he was the resurrection and the life. Though he die, yet shall he live. See, I'm going to tell you, that's coming a day. Y'all will read, if Jesus tarries, Hank Meadows, dead. No, 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 no. I have challenged my family to put Hank Meadows went to live. Because that's where I'm going. I'm not going to die, Jay. I'm going to live, bro. You got to deal with me for all eternity, Jay. I'm going that way. Not only is it a resurrection life, and by the way, if y'all visiting, I'm having fun now. Not only that, but listen, and I sort of talked about it right there. Death is not our master. Death don't scare me. And it shouldn't scare you. See, prior to Jesus, it was always that thought of what happens when we die. Listen, what I can't really go to paradise. I'm going to go to this place called Sheol that's also the good place, but I don't know. Death no longer. See, some of us, I'm going to use this illustration again because some of you weren't here for it. You know, here's what happens. When you die, the enemy wants to tell you that it's, war, it's terrible. Some people say, well, it's soul sleep. Okay. It's soul sleep for less than the twinkling of an eye. But when you die, Jesus said, I'm the door. Well, when I die... How long did that take? I mean, you walk through a door. And by the way, death can try to grab you and take you and do this. And here's Jesus going, not that one. That's mine. Mm. He's mine, death. Now you can, you can listen, die twice. Die to yourself. And then die here and live. Or you could try to just live on your own and die twice. I don't know if I said that right, but it means what I wanted to mean. Because you'll die here and you'll die in hell. Except you won't die. See, some of you are thinking, I'm just going to go. I literally had this said to me three weeks ago. Well, I'm going to go to hell. That's where all my buddies are going to be and we're going to party. I looked at him, I said, look here. It'd be hard to have a party when you think you're the only one there. Hard to really have a party when it's a lake of fire. It's hard to have a party when you're falling the whole time. By the way, it's hard to have a party when it's so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's hard to have a party when there are screams of agony. And you can sit here today and you can tune out this red-headed preacher and you can think, well, that ain't real. Let me make this statement. Jesus Christ was real. Jesus Christ went to the cross and died and rose again just to keep your butt out of hell. And if you choose not to accept Him, dear one, that's on you. God don't send nobody. I mean, He just died for you and defeated death for you and now lives forevermore for you.
Let me give you the third thing really quickly. There it is. I just said it. He's alive. Romans, I mean, excuse me, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Here's what it says. I am alive forevermore. Don't that have a great ring to it? You, 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 know, you realize this? I, I used my daddy a minute ago, so I'll use my daddy again. My daddy will never die again. Your mama will never die again. No, anybody lost somebody, they'll never die again if they accepted Jesus. So here's, you know where the party going to be? Come on now. <laughs> In heaven. See, some of you going, oh, good grief. What are we going to do in heaven? All we're going to do is just worship Jesus. <laughs> See, that's just some of you going, you're going, oh my gosh, that just sounds boring. That's right. You ain't never been in a real worship service. And by the way, <laughs> there won't be no announcements. <laughs> right? We pattern our service after heaven. <laughs> we don't do announcements. But hey, it will be an eternity of praise and worship and glory. And, and, but I don't have a clue what we're going to do in heaven. And if anybody tells you that they know exactly, they're lying. I know this, everything we do will be in praise and worship and glory to Jesus and God the Father. But I'm going to tell you this, isn't it going to be amazing? I love that old hymn, when we've been there 10,000 years, it'll be as though we just began. You won't grow old and you won't ever say goodbye. But it only happens if you come by the way of Jesus. Now let me give you two more shouts, and I'm going to sort of give these real quick. Here's the one that I'm looking for now. Go to 1 Thessalonians. I love you guys. Because y'all have taken what I started several years ago. If you don't know the story, uh, we were I was living in Parsons, we were living in the Parsonage, and so I had been working on literally this message out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And so I'm just walking across the parking lot, right, um, to the house to get something. And, and Lisa apparently was having to be at the kitchen at the window. And so I'm just walking across there, and I did this. And so this is how we talk. Fool, what were you doing? <laughs> I said, oh, that's just a little rapture practice. I want to get a head start. I was hoping that when I'm up, I'd get there just a little sooner than anybody else. You know, there's coming a day. You won't hear the shout of Jesus to Telestai. You didn't hear the shout, He is not here, He is risen. But if you know Jesus, and we're still alive, you will hear the, hear the shout of heaven at the rapture. See, notice what the Bible says here. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Oh, we got hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring back with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven 
with a shout. Y'all all right? Now, if you got the ESV, it says with a command, but it means with a shout. With the voice of an archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up. There's harpazo. In the Latin Vulgate, it's rapturo. We get our word rapture from it. We will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This word shout means a command. It has a military ring because He is King Jesus. You can call Him General God. He is in control of everything. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And when He shouts, things happen. This is when He shouts. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we who are alive will be raptured. I want to give you a, a couple verses. Go to John chapter 5. Because I have one more shout after this that I bet many of us don't know. It's tucked away in the Bible. John chapter 5, verse 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Have you ever heard the voice of God? Oh, not, not here. Here. I pray some of you are hearing it today. Maybe you're going, man, I've not heard any truth like this. I've, I've never heard this stuff. Where, where have I been? And I need what the preacher's got because he seems right confident about his death. I am confident about my death because my hope is not in Hank. My hope is in Jesus. Now go to 1 John. Go to 1 John. And people say this all the time. Uh, well, how can you be so sure? Well, because Jesus. And they'll say, you guys got blind faith. I don't have blind faith. I got a whole book of faith. Hello? I've got the truth of Jesus Christ of Nazareth as my hope. He did it. There's more evidence for Jesus than about any historical event. I mean, he appeared to over 500 people. Look at the changed lives. He's real. 1 John chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are not God's children yet, and what will be, uh, what will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. You know what that means? So right now, so listen to me. The dead in Christ, my dad's soul is in heaven. And at the rapture, he talks about the dead in Christ will rise first. So my dad's body that is in the ground and my dad's soul are going to meet in the air. Now, I don't know how that's going to change him. I don't know anything about that. Here's what I know. He'll have a glorified body. And so that happens first. So it's like... So, but me, if I'm alive, my body somehow gets changed on the way up. Preacher, what's going to happen? I got no clue. But here's what I know. My body will be changed. Because I'll see Jesus according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. And when I see Him, I'll be like Him. Y'all all right this morning? 
You don't like your body? See, we always complaining. We too short. We too tall. I'm way too much. I don't weigh enough. I'm ugly. I'm pretty. I'm whatever. I don't like my hair color. Yada, yada, yada. Just hold on. Just hold on. He going to make you perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. He go, you, you're struggling with life and illnesses and this and hurts and all this. Don't worry. Jesus coming. And he'll make all things new. First shout was to Telestai. Yeah. Paid in full. Second shout was here. He is not here. He is risen. Resurrection. Third shout was a shout of the rapture. One, it's going, so listen, one day, if y'all are here, all of a sudden, people are just gone. I'm telling you, I still wanted to be in church. I want to be preaching when it occurs. And I want to be me making one of my points, going like that, and then just, because my clothes are just going to stay here for just a second. Just sort of hang there. See, I used to say, I wanted to do, I wanted to be about a half second late so I could look at everybody and go, told you so. But then I found out that's not very compassionate. So now I just want to freak everybody out that when I make that point, wouldn't that have been great had it been right then? And anybody in here that don't know him left behind and just see my clothes. I bet some of you get saved real quick then, wouldn't you? You'd have to wait seven years and walk through hell. And by the way, that's not a cuss word. It's biblical. But let me tell you the last one. Flip all the way over to Revelation chapter 21. You ever thought about what's going to happen at the end? I mean, we get through everything. We, we've got through Tetelestop. We've gotten through He's Not Here. We've gotten through the rapture. We've gone through the great tribulation. We've gone through everything. We've even gone through the millennial reign, that thousand-year reign. I wonder how many of us have read this passage and just skipped over it. Revelation chapter 21. In verse 6. Let me start verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, Here it is. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Doesn't that sound like it is finished? It has sort of the, the me, same meaning. Everything that's ever going to be done has been done. It's the, the end of redemptive history. People ask me, man, what, what's going to happen? I don't know past that. Here's what I know. He talks about a new Jerusalem. He talks about the river of life. He, he talks about uh, everything that's, that's happening there. There's a tree. We, once again, we find the tree of life back there again, and its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Now turn back to 1 Corinthians. Paul was incredibly brilliant. Paul writing about this subject there 
In verse 24, 1 Corinthians 15 says this, Then comes the end when He delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For He must reign until He's put all His enemy under His feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under His feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that He is accepted who put all things in subjection under Him. When all things are subjected to Him, then the Son Himself will be subjected to Him. We put all things in subjection under Him that God may be all in all. When He shouts, it is done, just like He shouted, it is finished. Except this time, redemptive history is all done. God is the one who lit the switch. God, hey, by, I, I dealt with this last week. Sorry, evolutionist. God's the one who lit the switch. And he lit the switch by saying this, light be. He started the beginning. And he's the one that'll say, it is done. Now, what does that mean for the believer? Here's what it means. Draw in close. I'm going to tell you a secret. We live with Jesus forever and ever. Amen. That's why He rose again on the third day. That's why we celebrate Easter. Because it's resurrection power that's available to you. You're sitting here today and I want to tell you something. You've got one or two choices. You can either accept Jesus or reject Jesus. See, we get all flustered in the world. We, we want to categorize things, and we want to put people in camps, and we want to do this. We want to say, well, there's racial tensions, or there's socioeconomic tensions, or there's this thing and that thing. You realize something? There's only two groups in all the world. If you hadn't heard anything else, hear this. There's only two groups of people in all the world. There's the saved and the unsaved. That's it, and that's all. When it comes to the end of your day, and it comes to the end of time, the only thing that will matter, do I know Jesus as Lord and Savior, or did I reject Him and I'm my own King? Where are you at today? Has there ever been a day when you said yes to the offer of salvation from Jesus? Listen, you, you may be sitting there going, Preacher, I didn't come here for this. I came because I was invited. That's okay. Jesus will still take you. <laughs> Preacher, you, you don't know what I've done. You don't even know me. How can you tell me? Because I know Jesus. He'll take you. Preacher, I'm not worthy. You're right. You're not. <laughs> but He says... I freely give to all who come. Thanks for listening to the Marian message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. If you would like to know more, you can reach us on our Facebook page or on our website, www.marianbcba.com.